welcome to the Let's Talk Nova podcast. My name is Ailish and I am known as the Nova Coach and we are joined today by a very good friend of mine and former teammate, Victoria St. Ledger. How are you? I'm great, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm delighted to have you on. I know, it's good to be on. Yeah. Uh, I never thought I'd be on a podcast. Is this your first one? Oh yeah. This is a... well outside of my comfort zone oh my god I'm so honored <laughs> first and last possibly we'll see unless I, unless I make it to the big time exactly first of many first of many so Victoria is joining us now from Chiang Mai in Thailand she is a teacher turned CrossFit coach qualified personal trainer CrossFit level one coach and she has qualifications in functional movement screens and coaching weightlifting for beginners. And Victoria is here because I think she has such a powerful story to share. And I just love following her and seeing her life in Thailand and seeing the Asian vibes. So with that said, welcome to the podcast, Victoria. Very much. So would you like to share with our followers how both uh, both of us have crossed paths uh yeah so we were both in Abu Dhabi together I you were there before me were you I I went in 2016 yeah yeah I was there before you yeah yeah how we really know each other is from playing Gaelic football went in Fina very successfully I might say we were we were some mighty team weren't we yeah yeah they were the good days the tournaments the playing in 50 degrees the (laughs) drinking (laughs) um yeah remember the year we won the championship and the league in the same year lads that yeah. was like it was do you so know how I actually started playing that year no so I wasn't playing football because I was doing CrossFit and I was like I don't I love I played football when I was in primary school I played played her like growing up and I wanted to like I wanted to so bad I was like oh the social aspect of it and everything but I always didn't want to take away from time I was doing with CrossFit um and it was the Bahrain tournament which I think was the second tournament of the year yes November yes yeah and I was just going to Bahrain for the the session (laughs) I was going as a a viewer just to watch and drink and um literally I was the day I was boarding the plane one of my friends so yeah, so my friend Dervla messaged me and said that they someone hadn't turned up or someone had gotten sick and they were short a player. Um, and would I bring boots and I'd probably just be on the sideline and they might throw me on if they needed. And I said I would, sure grand. I played I hadn't played since I was 14, but I played soccer and basketball and I was athletic. I knew how to play football. Yeah. So I turned up and Davin, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, Davin. Was- yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was the coach and I was on the sideline and uh, I don't know, were we winning or losing? But he threw me on in goal at some point. So I was in goal and I was like, this is grand. And then I think Dervla said to him on the sideline, like, no, like Vic, Vic can, she's sporty, like put her outfield. So he put me outfield and I was just, I mean, I was just better than the league that I was in. And I just started running circles around everybody, scoring points, goals. And then we won that tournament. Yes. Um, and then they were like, okay, you have to play. And then I moved to, up to your team. <laughs> so, okay, I'm, you're being very modest here, right? But I'm going to say it from my perspective. <laughs> I remember that now that you say it. 
because you came on the team, right? You obviously came on and you were like saving the day for us and you were in goals. And then I remember, yes, you had come out field and it was like, where has this girl been all along? We're like, like, why don't we have Victoria on our team? I remember so well. And then, yeah, we were begging you that night. Remember, we were actually yeah. we were like, come on, come join the team. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I'll never forget the exhaustion because I hadn't played or, or trained outside and just gone straight to that tournament. And I remember before the final, I, don't, I didn't drink coffee at this time. I hated it. Trying to do a shot of espresso in the bar. <laughs> And nearly gagging. I did half the shot and passed it to somebody else, just trying to get through that last match because it was just something else. I know. But, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend. Oh and then I totally we went for the rest of the season. Oh, lads, what a season. Yeah. I was actually good. thinking of, like, as you were saying, I was thinking of who we had the team. It was like, wasn't it Laura, Liz, Denise, Sinead? Yeah, yeah. Me, Aoife. Heather, Rachel. Oh my God, you have a great memory. <laughs> I would not be able to name out anyone barely. I, actually, I don't know how I remember. I'm just thinking of our team photos. Like, God, I, I can't even remember because then I went the following year up to. Oh yeah, then you left us high and dry. You went up to. Yeah, well, I can't even remember who was on what team. I remember that, yeah. Oh, yeah. no, it was class though. Oh, it was unreal. With some crack. I know. Yeah, so that's, sorry, I hijacked that there a bit. That's how we cross paths, for sure. We have some great year there. Yeah, back in the Abu Dhabi days. I know. So tell me, when you hear the meaning, Victoria, of Novatorient, which means to seek or desire a powerful change in your life, how do you think that relates to your life? Um, first of all, I'd never heard that word until, I'd say my, maybe many people haven't. Sure, maybe I just hadn't. But I'd never heard that word until you became the Nova coach yeah um, to be fair a lot of people say that it's well I found it online and it's a Latin word yeah and it's such a great word yeah like I'm all, I've, I've in the past been looking for words to tattoo on myself and that would have been one to get like it's such it's such a great meaning yeah um but yeah I think numerous points in my life I've I've kind of made big changes or taken chances um so I definitely can relate to that and I think I think I still am you know I think I'm definitely I'm trying to settle um but you know I'm always looking to to try and improve my life and, and make changes as necessary as as everyone is but um yeah I think definitely through the years it's it's I've related to it a lot now that I know what it means, <laughs> that it exists. Well, now you have a new word to add to your vocabulary. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to use it. So tell us then how your journey began with fitness. Um, oh, I was typical growing up tomboy out in the streets playing football all day long with, you know, all my friends. Um, and yeah, I just played every sport under the sun growing up tennis to GA to basketball soccer badminton like everything at one point um tag rugby and then yeah in secondary school I, I was I played properly camogie uh soccer and basketball were kind of the three ones I stuck with for quite a while um and then went on to Mary I uh and played soccer there and it was after Mary I that 
I think I was just playing soccer and it was off season and it was winter and I was looking for something to stay fit with during the winter. Um, and that's when I found CrossFit. And I kind of for a while tried to do CrossFit and soccer. But as a lot of people who've done CrossFit will know, it becomes quite addictive. And you, I started resenting having to miss days at CrossFit to go to soccer training and soccer matches. So I think I did the both of them for a year before finally saying goodbye to soccer um, and then kind of sticking with CrossFit, bar my, my Nafina days in Abu Dhabi and then doing the both again. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And so I forgot to mention at the beginning, you're from Ballincollig in Cork. Yes. Yeah. Great spot. It is a mighty spot. I know. <laughs> and that's where obviously then you, you were growing up and getting all exposed to all these amazing sports. Yeah. Yeah. And it was actually fab. I was only home last month for the first time since before COVID. So it was the longest I'd ever been away from home two and a half years. Um, and I went to the, uh, the Irish women's rugby match. They were playing uh, in the Six Nations in Cork. And it was just amazing to see like the crowds that were there and the support that were there for that was there for women's sport because I haven't lived there in years. And obviously growing up and playing sport, women's sport was, you know, never given the notoriety or the recognition it deserved. And you hear now in the media and stuff that it is. But actually being home in Cork and seeing it mm-hmm. was amazing. So it really kind of made it real as in, okay, this is this is happening. You know, there's a shift happening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Wow. That must have been amazing to see the match. I saw it on your Instagram, actually. Yeah, I loved it. It was one of the my favorite parts of being home, to be honest. Wow. Yeah. So I suppose we could go into now Abu Dhabi. What enticed you to make the move to the Middle East? Um, I think, I mean, I graduated from RAI. I got a permanent job my first year out, so I, which was quite very lucky at the time um, because there wasn't a lot of permanency back then. Um, and, I, you know, I did my first year teaching. Um, so how long? I did four years. But, and, and it was great, but I knew people. I, I had friends in Abu Dhabi and you kind of, more and more people were starting to go over there and, and I started to see you know on, I don't know what it was at the time was it Instagram or Facebook god I'm, I'm sounding Snapchat. old now but Snapchat back then yeah Snapchat I just knew friends over there and I just I wanted a bit of adventure I wanted to travel I love the sun the thought of you know living in a hot climate you know getting ba- paid better money um it was all really enticing like I kind of just had the feeling of, well, I'm going to be at the time I thought, you know, here in Ireland, working in schools for the next 40 years of my life. Why would I not mm-hmm. go on a bit of an adventure? Um, and at the time, a good friend of mine was over there and another friend of mine wanted to do it as well. So I, I went with a friend. I think if it had been just me on my own, but having a friend to go with made it a lot easier. Um but yeah, I just, I was just keen to have a bit of an adventure, but I was really nervous. I, I wasn't like, oh, I want to get away from home and I want to move abroad. I was like, okay, this is exciting and, and I'll give it a try. But I kind of thought I'll be back in a year or, uh, you know, I'll be really homesick. And I was the first six months, myself and my friend D who moved out together, we were so, 
we had a great time. Don't get me wrong. You know, all the brunches and meeting new people and everything. But I remember that first Christmas, we were just counting down the days for about since November just to go home. And I think the moment for me was we went home for Christmas and we came back in January. And typically, obviously, January in Ireland is, is not the happiest time. It's dark. It's cold. It's post-Christmas. And I remember just arriving back in Abu Dhabi. And I think that weekend we arrived back, we had a pool party on the rooftop. And I just remember getting back that week, being at the pool party in Abu Dhabi in January and thinking, yeah, this, this is the better life, you know? That was the moment I was like, okay, maybe I'm here for a little longer than I thought. Yeah, maybe I can stick out the sun for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you get used to it. Like I was, I was homesick that first term, but the longer you're away, you just, it just, you know, your life just becomes your life. And of course you miss people and stuff, but um, yeah, it definitely becomes easier. And tell me, were there any standout moments that come to mind whenever you think of Abu Dhabi? I mean, uh, not particular ones, like the, the tournaments, they're mm. big ones, traveling, just holiday, you know, stuff that we did, like I did bungee jumps and whale shark diving and safari, you know, all that stuff. Um, yeah, and the lavish brunches, you know, mm. everything. You know, but yeah, mostly the traveling, for sure. I know the traveling is insane. To be fair, yeah, we are very lucky. Yeah. So, talk us through then your move to Thailand. Yeah, so then I did. I was in Abu Dhabi for three years. Um, I don't know how long I would have stayed. I probably would have stayed longer for. You don't know, you know, in Abu Dhabi, everyone says, oh, last year, last year, last year. And then they're there 12 years later. But um, no, I moved to Bangkok. Um, so I moved for, for love, for a relationship. Um, so, yeah, that kind of cut Abu Dhabi short because I wasn't planning on leaving at that time. But then I met someone and we were doing long distance and we wanted to be together. Um, so I made the move there at Bangkok and then... That just didn't work out quite quickly. So that relationship ended within my first two months living in Bangkok. So that at the time was uh, very difficult because I'd uprooted, not uprooted, well, I had, yeah, I'd uprooted my whole life um, and moved there. And it was kind of, I, I always thought when I was in Abu Dhabi, I didn't think I'd move further away from home. So then this was further again. Bangkok is quite an intimidating kind of big city. Um, and it wasn't definitely a place I had thought about moving myself. Um, so yeah, two months in, kind of, or less than two months, that didn't work out. And I was kind of faced with a decision of what do I do? Do I stay in Bangkok where I, I had taken a teaching job, but <clears throat> I didn't actually want the job at that time. So it was around that time, like towards the end of Abu Dhabi, I did my cross at level one, my, uh, at the start of my last year in Abu Dhabi. And I'd started shadowing coaches there and kind of learning the ropes of coaching, coaching a little bit. Um, and it was then the thought kind of started in my head that like, maybe I can do this as a career. Mm-hmm. But then to go to Bangkok, I had to get a teaching job for a visa. Um, and I actually remember like looking for jobs in Bangkok and being so stressed 
because I knew I didn't want to go through the interview process. I didn't want to teach in any of these schools. Like I found it very overwhelming thinking about, because they're like big international schools, you know, it's different to teaching in Ireland. Um, And even in Abu Dhabi, you know, my school there was fine, but like all these schools were these big British international schools that I was just like, is going to be paperwork and stress and, I didn't want to do it, but I, I had to, to get over here. So, um, so I was then left in Bangkok relationship. It ended in a job I didn't want to be in. I had already started my personal training course online. So I'd started wanting to shift. Mm-hmm. Um, so then at that point I was like, okay, what do I do? Do I stay in Bangkok where I've got no support system? any of the friends I've made in the last couple of weeks were friends through my relationship. Um, I was going to have to, you know, find a new apartment and then continue going to this job that I didn't want to do while being absolutely heartbroken. So I, I just couldn't do it. I thought that it would be too hard. So, um, yeah, then at that point I was like, right, what do I do? Do I move back to Ireland? Which I didn't want to do particularly either. Um, so then I thought, what are my other options? Uh, do I stay in, in Thailand and just move to another part? Um, and I, anyway, basically, I decided to move to Bali. So I decided to quit my teaching job, move to Bali, um, <clears throat> where there's lots of CrossFit gyms, and just kind of study my personal training course, try and get into any of the gyms over there that I could, try and get work there, work for free, get any experience. Um and that's what I did. And that's how that change happened. And you know what you said? I, I forgot you had gone to Bali. Yeah. 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 So I went there for two months just trying to like reassess my life. And 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 like I said, I'd started my personal training course. So I was like, right, I'm going. It was it was almost, I mean. I wouldn't ask for that situation to happen again, but it was almost the push I needed to leave teaching in the full-time sense anyway, and then pursue CrossFit and personal training and stuff. Um, But yeah, it's just funny the way it happened. You know, it's like that saying when bad things happen or when one door closes, another one opens or the silver lining, you know, all those phrases. No, absolutely. Um, And like, it's like the like there was a path made for you even when of course you were heartbroken and and the relationship didn't go well there was still a path being carved out for you that was meant for you you know yeah yeah Yeah. um so yeah and I knew like that was the kind of the like I knew moving to Bangkok that 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 teaching really wasn't for me because the anxiety that looking for a job there brought up in me I just knew like wasn't okay do you know what I mean um so I knew I couldn't do that like if I had to move to another country and and look for teaching jobs in another school um I I just knew I couldn't do that again so that was kind of what got me really moving towards changing fitness and you just touched on there the anxiety um topic really and I know we spoke about that as we were kind of planning this podcast episode so you you do like sometimes have bouts of anxiety 
And I remember you saying that you felt like it was being exacerbated basically by teaching. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what words to use or phrase to use, like, like kind of mentioned to you already, like, am I an anxious person? Do I suffer with anxiety? I'm um, like, I don't know how to phrase it, but yeah, I, uh, I think as I was saying to you, I'm coming to a kind of realization now in my life that this is something I've had throughout my entire life and it's not necessarily getting better I mean it is you know you learn a lot about yourself but I think for the last 10-15 years I've always thought okay I I have anxiety or I I feel this way it'll get better when so it was like when I'm in college and I was coming out I was like it'll get better when you know that happens or when I was in my first year of teaching and you get those inspections what's that first year called your H dip or I I can't even remember yeah I found the first year of teaching ridiculously stressful like to the point where in my first year of teaching where you get like two inspections over the course of the whole year but you have to have like you have to be ready any day in case the inspector walks in and I would like have sleepless nights regularly where I could not sleep I would be rerunning over lessons in my head and I remember going into school feeling physically sick because I hadn't slept and I did call into work a handful of times sick or went in and had to leave because I just like I wasn't sleeping I was feeling like physically ill like I wanted to vomit um like my heart would be racing and it, I just it was just this like pressure in my chest um and like I said I just you know thought oh well it's my first year teaching it'll get better after I've been teaching a few years and then I moved different classes and I was like okay it's just because I have a different class or age kids every year it'll get better when I have the same class for a few years and then I went to Abu Dhabi and uh it was actually a little bit easier in Abu Dhabi because in in the Middle East you get breaks during the day you know you have like they go out for Islamic or they go out for music so if I was really anxious in the morning I always knew okay I only had like an hour and a half of lesson to get through and then I'd have a break to prepare so it was always about like not being prepared enough or not being on top of things and like friends of mine that I've that know me very well or that I've lived with as a teacher um like I have some friends in Cork and like I'd be at home like working all evening and they were teachers as well and they're like what are you doing like how do you have so much work but I used to just make it like I think teaching is the kind of profession where you're never on top of it there's always more you could be doing there is always more to do you could always be a better teacher um and for me not being on top of it or not feeling like I was doing my best which I was doing my best, but not being on top of things or not being as good as this other teacher I saw or like that child not being able to read as well as maybe they should. It took that. I just, yeah, it just would make me really stressed and anxious. And it's not something that I would be actively thinking. It's something like that internally just starts. It's physical. It's so hard to explain. It's just a sense of something happens or I wake up and I think of something and then all of a sudden it's like pressure in my chest, my heartbeat is racing. Um, and 
yeah, it's, it's, it's scary. It's, it's, you feel like you don't have control over your own body and you can, you know, I can control my thoughts and, and say, it's fine. What are you worried about? Like, there's nothing wrong or whatever. Talk yourself through in your head, but it doesn't stop what's going on in like my chest. Um, so I think, yeah, it was always, okay, it's going to get better when it's going to get better when, and then moving to Bangkok and just being so stressed about looking for a job there. Um, I was like, this, this isn't okay. And now I still have quite bad anxiety and I'm doing a job I love. So definitely better. You know, I'm, I'm trying to create a life. I'm like, okay, I have anxiety. I get uh, more anxious than some people about X, Y, and Z. Um, what kind of life do I need to create to best suit that? Um, and teaching definitely wasn't that. And I think now, if I was still teaching, I think I would have at some point had to call, like had to have like long-term you know, leave from school or something. Cause there are days now where I do feel really, really anxious, but I can go into the gym and I love what I'm doing and I get distracted by it. And I can go in and, and kind of work out, you know, in the middle of the day and stuff. But if I was going in and facing six plus hours with 30 kids, I don't know what I'd be able to keep the anxiety down, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I have to say, firstly, like, thank you so much for being you know, so open and honest and vulnerable. You know, it's so admirable. And you're speaking about it with such humility, like such um, confidence as well. Like you really know yourself, you know, and that's obviously become, that's probably from, you know, moving away from home, living in Abu Dhabi, living in Bali, living in Chiang Mai and getting to know yourself really. But also I have to commend you on, it sounds to me like, and you know, this doesn't mean it's true, but it sounds like you're almost coming to a part or a, a crossroads in your life where you're you're accepting of it. And now, like you said, you're now wanting to design a life that helps manage it and not to almost um, to trigger it as much, you know? And like, yeah. that's so brave. <laughs> Do you think? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's 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 such a hard thing to talk about. And even I mean, every single person has their things that they struggle with or like anxieties on different levels or whatever else it is like depression, OCD, like anything, you know, just general worries. But even if I was to talk to someone else who says they have they suffer with really bad anxiety we'd have stuff that are probably click and is similar and I have been talking to a lot of friends recently and there are those moments where like it makes you feel good because you're like oh I'm not the only one that feels like this but also I think it's very individual and no two people experience it exactly the same and it's such an inner it's such an inward thing that it's very hard to put into words especially when you're not in it so like if I was in the middle of like a super, super anxious situation, a couple of days right now, I, 
like an anxious I was saying to you that I'd been reading up on it and I was like okay an anxiety episode is a word I'm like feeling comfortable with using well first of all I probably wouldn't be on the call because I, I wouldn't I would have cancelled if I was in an anxiety episode right now but I'd be able to talk about it a bit better because I'd be right in the feelings and in the moment but when you're not in it you kind of are able to be like oh sure it wasn't that bad it's kind of like when you go on a huge drinking session and you have a hangover the next day and the hangover is so bad and you feel so awful that you tell yourself, I'm never doing this to myself again. Do you know that feeling? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and you tell yourself, I am like, write it down. I'm never doing this. I feel X, Y, and Z never again. Three days later or a week later, you've totally forgotten about that feeling. You're like, oh sure, I'll drink again. I'd say it's the same with childbirth. You know, right after it, you're like, I'm not putting myself through that again but you forget. And it's kind of, I feel like this is the cycle I've been with and in with anxiety. Like I will go through days where I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to like live the rest of my life like this. Like, I don't think I can do this for the rest of my life. Like this, the way I'm feeling right now in that moment. But then like a week later, I could be like on top of the world and feel great and be like oh, oh sure that wasn't that bad what, what are you talking about you know yeah. it's very um it messes with your head a bit no you know? I, I totally really like first of all you used two great examples there about like the hangover in childbirth <laughs> I think so yeah yeah apparently there is like a chemical released in the brain that once you are holding your newborn child like there's like I think it's the love hormone or some or like the mother child bonding listen I'm not sure I haven't got that that far I yet I haven't sure. been there no neither have I but um that's apparently what it is that there is a hormone release but anyway I'm sure there are mothers that are listening that would be able to articulate it better than both of us yeah but I think you use those two examples so well for even the listeners to to really understand it and I can definitely relate to that you know and the fact that Okay, like when you talk about it now, do you feel like the way you're designing your life, that you are designing your life with confidence, knowing that you can manage it and you can live your life with it? I'm getting there. I'm trying to. So I'm getting there. It's like, because sometimes it's not... um, it's not anything that I'm actually worried about. Like sometimes, okay, we have stressful situations and that brings about anxiety and that's like a fair situation. But sometimes like I get anxiety on a Sunday about like food prepping, about going grocery shopping sometimes. Like, and then when, when it becomes uh, like, let's say an episode, like when I start getting anxious, it then becomes everything. Like I'm like, oh, I haven't spoken to these friends in so long. I haven't, and and everything like gets on top of me. And it's it's such, you know, it's it's stuff that it may it doesn't even make sense to me. Like it might be going, I might be coaching across the class, and I'm and I'm worrying about it, even though I've done it a million times, and I know what I'm doing, and I know I'm a good coach, and and all this stuff. And people tell you it was the same when I was a teacher. Like I was a good teacher. Like. Do you know, in Abu Dhabi, I was, I was the one that the teach I was requested as a teacher by the teacher's kids, or the, the kids who were teachers in the school. What am I saying? The kids who were teachers? <laughs> the, the teachers who had kids in the school, they would request me, like, you know, 
now people tell me all the time how great of a coach I am but I don't know it's just it's it's I don't know is it perfectionism I don't know is it my own expectations for myself trying to meet expectations that are not realistic um and then and then sometimes it's just nothing sometimes it's just I wake up and I feel off and then it it kind of starts spiraling into into that um but yeah I definitely think as you were saying that in these just in the last kind of two or three weeks even I'm kind of like okay this isn't going away when you have the the perfect job the perfect this and that you've you know you've had 10-15 years of this still being around um and I think now I'm just like okay no this is something that you have and you need to learn better now how to manage it and how to get through life with it because before it would be oh like why are you feeling this way like this is you know what I mean you you'd feel stupid for it you feel bad and you'd make it worse whereas now if I'm like oh no this is something that that I can't really control sometimes and it's not my fault and I don't know why it is but it, it is and it's like been with me since I was a child like when I was a child I would I was, you know, I would stress so much about exams. You know, I was studying like all day, every day for my leaving cert. I like got really upset because I got one C in my leaving cert. Like, like, it, like, do you know what I mean? It was like, oh, but I know my teacher expected me to get this. It's like, it's part, it's something that's part of me. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's very admirable. I use that word again, like for you to be able to be in a place to, talk about it with such an acceptance you know and to like I have to applaud the way you're even describing it and like for you like I wonder again like this is just me I suppose just being curious do you think because you were such an overachiever it sounds like you're always achieving you know and always doing so well especially like playing sports you know that was really it is your thing and it always has been your thing um that maybe it there's like a connection with that maybe and I suppose maybe sport is your outlet you know and yeah. it's led you to where you are today yeah I mean sport I mean sport but CrossFit in particular like I am such an advocate of like people doing exercise for like their health and their well-being and their mental health because that's the number one reason like I do CrossFit for so many reasons but like number one is like mental health and there have been so many times I've been doing CrossFit for seven years like so many times where I've been really struggling over the last seven years and people sometimes people didn't even even know sometimes they did during that time obviously you have friends and family but the one thing I've always turned to is like CrossFit so whether that's like me going and working out and using that as therapy or the CrossFit community. So yeah, that's the thing about CrossFit for people that like don't know. And people joke about like CrossFit is a cult and like all this kind of stuff. 
but it's not. It's just this incredible community of people who come together. It's like a team. It's like playing on a football team, a soccer team, because you're working out together, but you're doing your own individual thing, but everyone just supports each other. Like you become best friends. You see each other every day. It's where you go to like blow off steam and like in a CrossFit workout, the person that gets the loudest clap is the person that finishes last. So like everyone else is finished and they're cheering on whoever is like, you know, still going. And like, that's been huge for me. Like just, yeah, there's so many times where it's like the only thing that's kept me going is like going to CrossFit every day and like having those people and having that like feeling, you know, of like de-stressing that it gives me. And that's, that's what I want for other people, you know, because this is the thing. I'd say there'll be a few people that listen to this podcast and would be flabbergasted. People that know me very, very well know that like I'm an anxious person and that like I worry and I, I overthink things and X, Y, and Z. But a lot of people on like the periphery don't know. So like people that I coach in the gym that just know me as a coach and like you, you'd know from like playing football with me, I'm like bubbly, I'm banter, I'm jokes, I'm like... Do you know what I mean? So I think it's really important because I would meet people and think, oh, I'd love to be like them. They seem so chill. Like I bet they don't have a care in the world and, you know, X, Y, and Z. But I'm sure there's plenty of people who think that about me that just see me in the gym and think, you know, oh, but on the inside, I could literally be coaching and like my heart is racing and I'm trying to like just get through it sometimes um you know and it's the same with like people who come and they they look at someone doing exercise and they think oh they're so good I could never be like you know I could never be as good as that or and it's like no I I still go in and I'm like think I'm not good at certain things and you never are there's always stuff you're working on but it's just about coming in and like being okay with where you're at and just getting from getting from it what you can you know what I mean um so, I mean, I coach CrossFit and, and, and I love CrossFit for me as a personal outlet, but like, I just want people to exercise and just realize that they can move their bodies in a certain way. They can feel better. They can be successful if they just like start at the right level and have the support to help them to, to grow, do you know? And what tools help you manage the day-to-day anxiety and help things along for you I think I need to put more in place so I think that's something that again I'm trying to to look at obviously the fact that my my job and my passion anyway is exercising that's huge like if I couldn't exercise for a long period of time I know my mental health would go like my anxiety would skyrocket you know so just doing that in itself is one um I do I have been trying a lot more lately to do like box breathing um and I'll do it like sometimes like on the bike on my way to somewhere like I'm on my bike so it's just like time to like just do that um sometimes I sing because that's kind of like I'm not good at singing but I love like and I only do it when I'm on my own or on the bike or in the shower but if it's another way, if you're really, if, okay. So if you're really anxious, you can't like let go of the thoughts in your head. Like they're just going around. But if you're singing a song, 
you're thinking about the lyrics and then you're also controlling your breathing. So that can kind of help, but they're, you know, they're only like in the moment, short-term solutions that, you know, level me out if I'm like, I feel like I need it. Um, but the, the, so the tricky thing is, is, you know, you try to implement stuff. Like I know there is stuff I need to do better. And like, you know, people talk about meditating and I've tried it on and off and journaling and, and all this kind of stuff. But sometimes, so journaling, I tried to do that for a while. Okay. So for me, and I'm not speaking about anyone else's anxiety because everyone's different, like I said, but for me, it's like, okay, if I'm like, I'm going to journal and that's going to help clear my head. But then for me, journaling just becomes something else I have to add into my schedule. And if I don't do it, I feel bad about not doing it. Do you know what I mean? So for me, a lot of my anxiety is around like getting stuff done or not getting stuff done and like laying out my day. And so it's tough because in modern day, like now, everyone's telling you, you should do this. You should do this. You should do this. And it, you're being bombarded on social media and, and then you try and do more. But for me, that actually can make it worse. So I, I need to figure out like some very simple things that help. Um, I actually just started two weeks ago because the journaling wasn't working for me because I'm, most of the time I'm up at five in the morning to coach. You know, it's, I, I'm not one of these people who can have a morning routine unless I want to get up at like middle of the night which I don't <laughs> so um and then I would journal but I would never read back on it so uh, I got a calendar uh, on the way back from Ireland and I've actually like made color-coded post-its I think I got five colors um and they just represent like a feeling so like one of them is like like top level anxious like feel physically ill from it all the way up to like I feel on top of the world and I've been doing that for two weeks, just like every day, putting a color or sometimes it's two colors on. And I think that's just going to help me get a visual and get some perspective on how frequently I feel certain ways so that I can then like tackle it. Because again, like I said, you know, you forget about it. So I forget like, okay, how often am I this anxious? You know, if, you, if you're not tracking it, it's hard to to really get a good grasp on it. Um, Cause then when you do feel good, just focus on that, you know? Yeah. And even the way you said, it's a visual representation of like how you're feeling. I'm guessing that would be really good to help you identify patterns of like, yeah. you know, it could even like, it could even have something to do with your hormone cycle, which is, yeah. isn't it? I've, yeah. And I've tried that. I've tracked my cycle and I haven't got spotted patterns uh, with anything which again and there might not be and obviously you know things do set it off but yeah I'm just I'm just trying to figure out like and it's so easy to look at the colors on a calendar and it's so easy to put it on you know it's it doesn't that doesn't stress me out <laughs> yeah yeah I think what you're saying is like it's something that you you weren't told to do it was an idea that you thought of mm. so you're kind of um happily obliging to do it you're not being, yeah. yeah you're not being told by instagram like this is what is suggested as like the the perfect morning routine or yeah and that's it and you hear about that and then you're like oh, i should be doing a morning routine and it's like it's this you know that i should in my head 
yeah. um, that can get quite quite uh, repetitive. So do you mind me asking now, how were you then, let's say, through the experience of lockdown? Because you experienced it in Thailand, didn't you? Yes, I did. Um, I actually, well, first of all, I just feel so lucky that I was in Thailand for it because I think we dealt with it very well here and we had it very easy compared to other countries. And actually, before I moved to Chiang Mai, so I was in Bali, I went home for Christmas and when I was home for Christmas, I was like, okay, what do I do next? Do I go back to Bali? Do I stay home? And I was actually offered a CrossFit job at home. Um, and then I was aware of potential uh, opportunities in Chiang Mai. So I was between staying home and coming to Chiang Mai. And I literally made the decision over the course of two days. Um, and I'm so glad I did. Because if I'd stayed at home, I would have been in lockdown, living at home with my parents uh, the job I was offered, that gym closed down during lockdown. So I think if I had been in lockdown in that situation at home, I would have really, really struggled. Here, we only had that first initial lockdown, we had two months. Mm -hmm. And then our gym was able to open pretty quickly because it's an open air gym. So for a while, they were like, okay, if you have AC, X, Y, and Z, you'd stay closed. So our gym opened um, and yeah, we throughout the whole last two years have, have barely had to shut down. And then, you know, when we did, we were able to take workout equipment home and still see people. Um, so bar that initial two months, it wasn't too bad. But this time last year, I came back, I traveled down south from Thailand. I came back to Chiang Mai and because I had traveled within the country, there was still some like, um if you've traveled you have to do like mini quarantines and it wasn't that I had to stay in my apartment I could leave my apartment I could go to the supermarket I could go for a run but I wasn't allowed to go to the gym so we had a rule in the gym that if you've traveled outside of the province you have to stay at home for five days um so I think I had to stay at home for I think maybe it was a week but all my friends are people in the gym so I also couldn't see any of my friends and I really struggled um, with those five days, like really, really, really badly. So I don't know how a lot of people did it. I always said I, I couldn't come home to Ireland. I couldn't leave. And while there was still hotel quarantines here, because I don't think I could have done like the two, two week quarantine at any point on my own. Um, yeah. And when did that, um, I never thought about that, actually, you returning to Thailand then if you had left. So when did that lift the quarantine for Thailand? Only, um, so it was two weeks, then they dropped it to a week. It only lifted in like November. Wow. Um, so even like my friend, one of my best friends got, was getting married in October and I was supposed to be bridesmaid. Couldn't go home for that. And about a month after her wedding, they lifted it. So then my mom came in December and then I went home in April. Um, so they still have one night. They only just lifted the one night quarantine this month. So when I came back at the end of last month, I had to do one night, do a PCR test, wait for that to come back negative and then, then go. So they've been pretty strict throughout. Um, I mean, which has been good for the most part because, you know, we haven't had cases like a lot of other countries. Yeah. And then how for you, um, 
like the transition then, I suppose, touching on that. So you had been to Bali, you went home for mm. Christmas, and then you made the decision to go to Chiang Mai. Yeah. So were you, you were teaching in, in Chiang Mai, weren't you, before COVID hit? Yes. So I moved to Chiang Mai in January before COVID, and I didn't have a CrossFit job here, but I just, I had met people uh, coaches from the CrossFit gym here at a tour at a CrossFit tournament or competition in Bali, and I knew what one of them were leaving. Then I found out the other one was leaving, so I kind of was like, "Oh, there's there's maybe jobs going there." And I emailed, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we probably will have something," but there was nothing definite. Um, so it was kind of like if you're here and you have a visa and you're working elsewhere, there'd definitely be some part time hours. So I moved to Chiang Mai. I got literally a job teaching English on Facebook. This was the kind of the maddest thing I've ever done now. Because, and that's the thing, when you live abroad, when you start doing these scary things, they not that they start getting less scarier, because they're not, but you're just more willing to do them because you've had positive experiences and you know, sure, like, it'll probably be a great experience. It'll probably work out. And if it doesn't, I just go home, you know? Um, so you get a bit madder. You're like, oh yeah, I'll, tr- I'll try that. So yeah, I got a job teaching English. On, they told me on Facebook, yeah, come, we, you know, we have a job for you. And I was like, okay. So I went to Chiang Mai, started teaching English um, in an English language school here. And then I did start coaching in, in the gym part-time. And then we shut down. We went into lockdown. Um, so then I wasn't making any money. So then I started... Uh, applied to teach English online but then when we got out of lockdown that then landed me with three jobs so I was teaching English in the language school I was teaching English online and I was coaching in the gym Um, and I did all three of those for about a year because I couldn't really get out of either of them Um, I, I didn't the gym was what I was wanting to do I wanted to coach more um and make that a full-time career but I had to keep teaching English with the language school because that was my visa and I couldn't just cut my visa in the middle of it in the middle of a contract and then uh because it was COVID and we had no tourists and the gym had been closed like I wasn't making enough money in the gym or the school I had to keep the online teaching for for money (laughs) so for a while I was um yeah, I was I was going like CrossFit in the morning, coaching, then going teaching English school in the middle of the day in the afternoon, then coming home and teaching English online from like six to eight thirty. And I remember seeing your Instagram stories. You put up the time, and you'd be like, after yeah. you'd see how busy your day was, and then you're sitting down with the laptop in front of you in the evening. Like, how did you manage it? How did you manage your time? I actually don't even know. I think it's such a blur. I think, you know, whatever you have to do, you do, do you know? So sometimes, you know, the more time you have, the less you get done, you know, and the more you procrastinate. Um, And yeah, I just, I just did it. I don't know. I mean, I had a good routine in that I would coach and then I would train myself and then I would shower there. The, The worst part was going to the school, like shower, 20 like 15 minute bike ride in like either rainy season or like the heat so I was sweating by the time I got to the school teaching there for you know not good money but like having to do it 
And then coming home in the evenings, it was like, that was, that was tough because I would be exhausted. And the teaching English online was the part that I had to be most energetic for. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I don't know how I did it, but I did. <laughs> um, I was probably quite grumpy at the time. I don't know. <laughs> but what you said is so true though, that like, when you have more time, you do get less done because there is that room for procrastination. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely uh, a problem I, I have, procrastinating. Well, not at all. I don't think you're a procrastinator at all. But it is sometimes that, you know, when <clears throat> if you've got things you need to do, but um, sometimes, again, I get overwhelmed by having too many things. So then you do nothing. Or you do the 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 one that's like the least important because it's the easiest when you should be doing. You know what I mean? Okay, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So more more overwhelmed and procrastination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I hear you. I hear you. So you made the decision then to leave teaching. Where, at what point was that then? So it all happened within a couple of months. So first. I stopped teaching here. So it was came to a point where I was able to end my visa with the school um, and, and move away from that. So then I started really coaching um, more, but then still teaching online because I didn't want to let go of that salary because it was, I, I enjoyed the teaching online, actually. It was, it was lovely. The kids were lovely. Um, Again, I would have I would have continued to teach online if I wasn't someone who got quite anxious because the, the only thing that really bothered me, except well, okay, two things, because I would be up at 5 a.m. for CrossFit. So by the time you get to 6 p.m., when you've been up since 5 a.m., that's tough. Um, but also they would check the company I was working for was quite a good company, and, and you could at any time have a, a lesson checked. So again, that would just be me in my head, not enjoying the lesson, not just teaching it how I want to, teaching it by overthinking about what if an inspector or what if someone watches this video. So that just kind of takes the joy out of it for me because I was anxious or worried about getting a bad grade or a bad remark if, if uh, someone checked a lesson. Um, but again, I was I was a really good teacher. So it wasn't it wasn't that I wasn't a good teacher. It's just. Um, but yeah, so th there was a long period of time where I wanted to stop online teaching because I really wanted to just be doing fitness full time at this point. Um, but I was I was I was afraid to, uh, you know, to drop it and then not be successful in fitness or not be making enough money and then have the thought like you shouldn't have given up the teaching or like you know why did you do that or um but then actually the teaching job they kind of stopped overnight um teaching like China were like we don't want foreign teachers and overnight like all these companies had to like stop operating or a different way and let go of a lot of staff so one day I woke up and my schedule was cleared and I didn't have classes anymore. And part of me was delighted because I had wanted that anyway, but now well, I hadn't been my choice. So I didn't make a mistake. You know what I mean? Yes. So, um, so then, then 
I had, you know, an open schedule to pursue like personal training and take on more clients. And as it always does happen, the second I had that time and I had that headspace, I did get more clients and it, it just naturally, my schedule filled and it was great. So probably should have done it earlier before they did it for me, but <laughs> No, but you had a path to go down. You know, I, I do yeah. think like divine timing, you know, there was a lesson maybe you had to learn or um, I don't know. Like, I think it, we could all think that way about anything in our lives. Yeah. We could all yeah. say that about something. But I think I find it interesting that um, is that the reason why you were, I'm sure you were a lot more than a good teacher. I'm sure you were a great teacher. But I think you you can owe that to the anxiety. Like, there was a silver lining there and I know it, it obviously you know it didn't serve you well in some aspects but I yeah. think that actually you can credit yourself for being a fantastic teacher because you probably were so organized and you were so prepared and you know I know your personality like I bet you're fantastic with the kids you know like yeah I'd say you're natural with the children you know yeah 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 and that yeah that that is a good side of it now would I swap it out probably but no but it's the same now it's it's the reason why I am good with clients and I'm I'm very it's it's definitely my style and my personality like when I have a client I'm I make sure they're they're moving well and and that like I ask questions all the time and I really I'm a very hands-on, you know, trainer. Um, and yeah, attention to detail, you know? So do you see what you're like, I hope you don't mind me now, like pointing this out. And I, I say this with love, but like, I think that's actually the gift of you having, you know, your experience with anxiety is that you have such a deep empathy for people. Yeah. And understanding, you know, like, we well, look I'm not going to put my coaching hat on now this is me Ailish like you know but like in the coaching realm like what we learn is there's there's a gift and a cost with most yeah. experiences in life and of course there is a cost with you know having your experience with anxiety but I think the gift is you are such an empathetic and understanding person and you probably without you even knowing you probably put people so at ease so naturally because you know how it feels to be anxious or nervous you know yeah yeah I empathize so much with people to the point of like if I know someone's like upset about something or someone is having struggles like one I can get upset very easily um and cry if if you know if they're telling me about it but yeah I always want to think about how I can help or you know what I can do to make them feel better because I just know and when I hear about young people like young people nowadays and I have heard about just recently if like people who are teenagers and they're struggling already with like really bad anxiety it it really breaks my heart because I'm like I know how it feels and thinking about other people going through that it's just it's tough like life is it's I mean it's life but you know 
the human condition is hard and it's even harder nowadays. Like I really struggle with Instagram and social media. Like I really do. And now kids growing up with that, if they have similar feelings, having to deal with it. Like even for me, like I know, okay, really successful fitness people are big on Instagram. They're big on all these social medias. And I've tried at numerous stages to like kind of build a, a profile, but it that is like top of the list of things that sets my anxiety off. So now I'm at a point where I have to decide, do I just not do the Instagram thing? Do I not do the online thing? Is that feasible long-term? Cause that's kind of, you know, where it's at, where the future is headed. Do I just like hire someone else to do it? And I have nothing to, you know what I mean? So there's, yeah, you kind of have to make decisions and that's the decision I have to make and figure out what's best for me, my career, my mental health and how that all goes together, you know? No, absolutely. Like I'm listening to you and you're like, I haven't, I'm getting tears in my eyes. Like I'm getting emotional even like listening to you because you're so inspiring Victoria honestly like first of all you haven't changed a bit and for the like for, in a good way I mean like since we last met when you when you left Abu Dhabi like you're still the same Victoria as you know and just to see you flourish is just oh it's fantastic you know and like I bet you're a fantastic fitness coach you know well you'll have to come over and see Oh my God, Defno! Have you been to Chiang Mai? Have you been to Thailand? Sure, I have. I have, geez, I have. I've been to Thailand twice. Um, and to Chiang Mai back, that was back in 2014 when there was eight of eight of us, eight girls. We did a summer there, eight weeks travel, eight yeah. weeks, no, not eight weeks, three weeks traveling. It was mayhem. Oh my God, it was mayhem. And uh, there was were, many a bucket. Oh, like lost in buckets, I'd say. The um like the flights that were missed, the missed boats, the lost passports, then the found passports, the lost luggage, then the found like oh it was manic. Well you could come out, out now and have a different experience. You could have the, yeah. the fitness, the coming to the gym and then going to the nice just like Instagram little cafes to do some like remote work, work on your podcast, work on your Instagram, the cafes here, you know. It's it's Chiang Mai is very much it's like the valley of of Thailand. It's very much nomad, remote work spaces. Like that's the cool thing about living here. Everyone does such unusual things with their life, and that's the one thing I love about living abroad. Like I just think I've had such different experiences through the people you meet when you live abroad, particularly in Abu Dhabi as well. But Abu Dhabi was a lot of Irish, and I spent a lot of time Irish because there were so many there whereas here there's there's barely any Irish people um and like I, I literally I meet people and I ask them what they do for a living and I'm like that's a job really like tell me more about it like it's so interesting the the different experiences you have here and I genuinely think like if I had stayed in Ireland I don't know I would be a totally different person like I'm such a different person through the experiences I've had over the last seven years that's mad to think who I would be had I not had them or had I not met the people that I've met. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, that's the great thing about living abroad and particularly Chiang Mai. Chiang Mai is a bit of a mad place, you know? It's it, like, 
but you know what's so funny when we were there in 2014 we it was like the chill part of our holiday because we had done like the south and the islands and all that the stuff yeah and then when we came to Chiang Mai it was like the zen place we were doing like uh, cookery classes and oh Elephants, elephants, yeah. hikes, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, the hikes were incredible. Yeah, so yeah. I didn't know. That's news to me. I didn't know it was like the like. Is it like the Changu of Bali? Um, just in the sense of you know, it's it's where pe- like there's so many people here that work remotely and work online, and there's so many workspaces and cafes. Um, because it's cheap to live. It's probably one of the it's probably the most built up, nicest, cheapest part of Thailand to live in. Do you know? Right. Because um, down south, the islands and stuff are more, more touristy beachy. So they're more expensive. Bangkok is more expensive. Chiang Mai is like, yeah, Chiang Mai is, I love Chiang Mai. But, you know, some people don't. It's kind of like the, the Abu Dhabi versus Dubai crew. You know, the people that yeah. live in Dubai are like, Abu Dhabi is so boring. I could never live there. Same with kind of Chiang Mai and Bangkok. Or, but it's nice here. It's just relaxed. There's a really, Chiang Mai has a really good energy. It's just got really good vibes. Really interesting people. Um, yeah, like the people you'd be and chat to. Sometimes they're mad. Sometimes they're interesting. Something like there's also Chiang Mai is a lot of, um, volunteers a lot of NGO workers um yeah just really interesting people who, who have taken really interesting paths in life um lots of entrepreneurs who set up businesses it's it's it's, a, it's an inspiring place to be and that's the thing you know when you do move away from home and you meet people like this then it makes you feel like you can do these things um like when I was in Bali and I met ex people who had set up their own business and people who were doing fitness and it made me feel like I could do anything I wanted to do whereas I don't know I you know if maybe if I'd lived in Ireland I might have still had the same need in my head and still followed it but I don't think it would have happened as fast maybe and maybe it wouldn't have happened at all but yeah getting out and meeting different types of people who've done so many crazy things in their lives and yeah it, it's uh it definitely helps change your perspective on what you can do yeah it does and it broadens your horizons definitely yeah, yeah. it does yeah it's so powerful when you see especially when like when you meet people who like you said are setting up these businesses or they're they've left the big high flyer job for something more <clears throat> simple and slow paced but when you are having a conversation with those kinds kinds of people and you're having like you're able to relate to their life and you're like, okay, they're just like me and they can do this. That means it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. And like there's pros and cons to everything. There's pros to being in Ireland. Like I was home, my brother just got a brand new house. It's stunning. Him and his girlfriend, like getting on great in their jobs, all of that, you know, that's great. And for me, even like with my anxiety and stuff, parts of teaching were great, you know, like I had a pension, I had good money, I paid holidays. Um, so, it's, you know, going out and working for yourself, uh, some part, and changing career, 
that in itself, you know, it can be financially like unstable sometimes. You're away from family. Um, so, you know what I mean? There's, there's win and lose. Um, there was actually, there was an article I read, a friend sent it to me last week, and it was about kind of the pain of being an expat. And like, you know, people see all the, the great stuff. Like, you know, I'm sure people are super jealous when I post that I'm at a swimming pool or with elephants or whatever it is. But, you know, you're also there's there's negative parts. Um, you know, you're away from family and X, Y and Z. But um, there was a quote in it and I just I read it last week and it really hit home. And it was like we are always faced with leaving something behind when we step through the doors of our desires. So there's always loss, even if you're making a decision that is for the best. I sound very Glennon Doyle now, but um, yeah, there is loss, like with no decision, whether it's the right decision or not, there's always going to be loss. Um, So you just have to make, you you know, you got to choose which, which loss you want, you know, um, or which desire is is greater. That captures the experience of being an expat so well, though, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, does that line just stood out, you know. And it's like you're you're I hate I don't want to be so deep, but like it's almost like you're grieving the life you had in in order to pursue <clears throat> the one you want, like you said, like the one you desire, like yeah. Yeah, but I would prefer to grieve the life I had because I know what that life is. And now I'm making a decision. I can have that life if I want to, but I'm choosing this life. Whereas when you never leave or when you never take that chance, you're grieving a life you could have had. Mm. And in your head, you're thinking, what if, what if, what if? Whereas, okay, I know the two. And now I can, you know, if I want to go back to teaching in the morning, I could. If I wanted to go back to Ireland, I could. And at, at different points in my life, I might be faced with that choice for different reasons, you know, whether it's to be close to family or, or financially or whatever it is. But I know both of those things. And that's why I say, I'm, I say it to my friends all the time. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're someone who just like loves living down the road from your mom. And I'm not trying to offend anyone. Everyone's choice is their own. And if you want to stay at home, like that is... 100% your choice and I'm not saying that my choices are better but just try it just go for a year like I've had friends who are asking me recently about going to Dubai I'm like oh should we should we and I'm like why wouldn't you you have your life waiting for you for the rest of your life like this is the life you're living now you're going to live it for the next 40 50 60 years just go and if it's not for you you have a mad year with a couple of stories to tell to look back on when you're older you know what I mean I, I just think yeah that's 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 the way I feel about life like just try things like even when you asked me to be on your podcast I'm like oh I don't know about being on a podcast but sure I'll give it a try because if nothing else it was a good experience or a bad experience or a funny story to tell you know yeah but can I just touch on something like the way you explained it even further where you'd rather grieve the life you had lived rather mm. than grieve the life that you could have lived and wonder what if and not even know it existed mm-hmm. yeah that, like that's profound girl because the regret you can have 
when you do that and you're wondering like you know could I've been happier doing this or would I've been successful or whatever it is um depending on the kind of person you are that could and people don't they don't take the chance because because it's scary and it is oh it is scary like you know and, and 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 that's what I'm trying to say I have been scared every single decision I've made I am not an easygoing person I'm I've talked about how anxious I get about fucking cooking food and I'm 31 um but the more of these decisions I've made the easier they become and the more you realize you can do it and the more you realize that you know it's whatever is meant to be will be and yeah it's worth the risk girl you need a stage (laughs) (laughs) like okay I I I recognize now that could be anxiety inducing but like you like oh you just I I love recording this episode with you (laughs) this is gonna be listen for people I've been listening to too many uh, podcasts. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, what are your future plans? Um, well, <laughs> for right now, I really am trying to make a base in Chiang Mai. I mean, the last few years have been COVID. So, yeah, I've been here for two and a half years, but it's, it's, it's been COVID and it's been no traveling and what can we do? And we're in lockdown or we're not in lockdown and, you know, we have tourists, we don't have tourists. So now I'm kind of having this, this feeling of, okay, now COVID is ending. We started getting tourists in the country. Things are kind of going back to normal. Um, I did, you know, I got a dog in the last year. I've got a house for myself, you know, instead of living in an apartment like I have been for the last, since, you know, Abu Dhabi. So I'm kind of trying to set a home here. I'm getting busy with personal training and stuff here. So just kind of figuring out, what kind of life can I have here um, for now? And then down the line, I don't know. You know, it's kind of thinking about long-term being in the fitness industry. Like, do I need to go online? Um, what area do I want to focus on? I mean, my long-term dream would be to have a gym of my own. Um, but I don't know where. I don't know how I don't know what kind of gym even um because I do love CrossFit but most of the clients that I get for personal training are not or none of them really are CrossFit it's more just people who are scared of CrossFit and think they're not fit enough for CrossFit or think they're not good enough for CrossFit and then I kind of sneakily do CrossFit with them but they just don't even realize it um but yeah no I just I just get like people to move and, and enjoy it and so yeah, I need to figure out how to bring all of that together into a, a long-term l- life and career. But for, for the foreseeable future, it's Chiang Mai. I, I would love to, if Chiang Mai was closer to Ireland, I'd happily settle down here forever. Um, but then again, I'm open to opportunities, you know? And that's the thing, like, this is actually quite a new career for me you know, I'm only coaching three years and two of those have been COVID. So there's a feeling of, oh, I should be doing X, Y, and Z, but then I also have to put myself back and, you know, be like, right, you're still figuring this out and figuring out what direction to go with it, do you know? 
I love to hear that like you are making a base for yourself there and like you know you're making a go of it and like I totally relate to that whole you know you'd settle there forever if you could move it closer to Ireland like I know that's a real thing isn't it like yeah you know, the climate it's such a huge thing isn't it like yeah and this, that's the thing as well with like Abu Dhabi and Dubai you're one flight away and you have as a teacher or I did anyway have the holidays and the money to go home two times a year if you know and people come and visit you so you're never that far away whereas here I feel very far away and I felt it leaving Ireland last month because I hadn't been home in two and a half years and leaving and coming back here I don't know when I'll be home again or when I'll see people again. There's no next date. Whereas when you're in the UAE, there's always a next date. I'll see you in six months. I'll see you this time. Um, yeah. So, and again, you know, that's, that's the pros and cons you take. Like when I was a teacher, I had the summer off. I could go home for the whole summer, you know, here when you're a personal trainer, you, when you're working for yourself, you know, I'm working for the gym, my own clients and stuff as well. You have to take time off and you have to, um, take that financial burden and all of that and uh, obviously as well Thai bat to euro is very different than Durham's to euro so <laughs> it's a it's a different holiday no I absolutely appreciate that I know it is it is so different so Victoria tell me like do you have any advice let's say for anyone listening who read like your story resonates so much with them right now and they could be having a physical reaction where they're like oh my god this girl is me and they could be anywhere in the world right now in any kind of job and they want to pursue a life in fitness coaching. What would you advise them? Um, I think with fitness coaching, I think you have to really make sure that it, it actually is something that you want to do. I think a lot of people go to gyms and naturally when you go to a gym or you go to the place you do exercise it's like happy endorphins right so people all the time are like oh I want to be a coach like it happens quite a lot because they just go there and that's where they and they see the coaches and you know coaches are in good moods or they should be most of the time um but it's it's definitely something that if you like any other job you you can't just look at the positives so they have to you know definitely try it part-time if it's if it's a career change and if you can you know start doing some courses, try it part-time, um, but just be aware of the lifestyle that it, you know, it is and it can be, which, you know, can be very early mornings and very late evenings because people need fitness outside of their nine to five jobs. Um, and that, you know, you, you're not just people's fitness trainer, you're like their therapist, like, you have to be like personality is so important. You know, you have to just love chatting to people and, and being around people all the time. Um, so yeah. And then really look at, there's so many courses out there. That's the thing. The fitness industry is just overwhelming at the moment. Like you can go so many routes, you know, there's so many different courses. So do your research or think about what, aspect what kind of client you want to work with what area of fitness and try and find the right the right course for you um but yeah just just look into it properly because again like any other job I think you see all the people who are super successful on Instagram and that's probably 
like, you know, 5% of all the fitness instructors around the world. So, you know, don't just look at that and think, oh yeah, that's easy. I could do it. You know, really, really think about it as a, as a lifestyle. Um, and yeah, it is great if, you know, if, if it's something that you love and you truly love doing, then go for it because, you know, you only got one life. Absolutely. And I just think about what you said, say that quote again that you had earlier. Oh, the, uh, we are always faced with leaving something behind when we step through the doors of our desires. I have to get that framed I think I might have to get it like printed on something definitely Absolutely. yeah it's a fantastic quote who where is it from it was literally just a blog article about um well, yes, a girl who who's lived abroad or always wanted to travel and has always lived abroad um and she's talking about how she loves her life and she 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 couldn't live at home but she also you know, misses out on family events and, and X, Y, and Z and feels like lonely a lot. Um, so yeah, it was a very honest, honest blog article. Um, so you yeah. should send it to me on WhatsApp and I'll include it in the bio notes for people. I will, I Do, will. Yeah, if you find it, if you find it. Yeah, yeah, it's in a WhatsApp group. Yeah. So Victoria, would you like to start your quickfire round? Go on. <laughs> the fun is this the fun part? The fun part. I've been, e- I've been eagerly awaiting this. <laughs> you can relax now. <laughs> no, this is quick fire questions are not what what I relax to, Hailish. <laughs> okay, so what's the first thing you notice about a person? Um. Uh, okay, so the first thing I notice. Okay, so not to be shallow. Well, I'm going to give like a shallow one and a not shallow one. But the first thing I notice is like their teeth. Like if someone has great teeth, like you just can't but notice it. And I did want to be a dentist for a while when I was in leaving cert. So um, that and then just someone's energy. You know, I think just the way someone carries themselves and their energy is it's something you can't put your finger on, but it's, it's, it's definitely, it's what makes everyone unique and special. But yeah, that's, that's the energy they have. Like, you know, if they're, if they're, if they're banter, if they're quiet, if they're shy, if they're unusual, you know, just that vibe you get from someone. No, definitely. That is a thing. Honestly. Yeah. Energy, yeah. Energy is a thing for sure. Yeah. Habits that improve your life. Um, they are, yeah, that's, I mean, I've got habits, but I just don't even consider them habits. Like going to the gym every day is a habit. I eat healthily most of the time, but they are real habits in that they're stuff that's part of my life. Um, so I don't think about it, but I do need to get better at habits. I, I do need, I need to put in a, a nighttime routine. I can't do the morning time one, but I definitely need a better habit of like putting away my phone and settling down for bed. Not just like one minute before I'm closing my eyes, you know? Um, yeah, I can't think of any great ones that I have there. I'm, def- I'm definitely working on those at the moment. But, but geez, you've got two massive habits that you said weren't even habits because they're so implemented into your daily life. Do yeah. You know, healthy, you know, like... Fair play to you, like, that they're so ingrained that they become your identity, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. And drinking lots of water. I drink water constantly. It baffles me people who just forget to drink water for like, are you one of them? No, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm a few. Okay. Water with me all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be on my second liter by 11 a.m. Easy. Yeah. Good woman. Yeah. If even, God, I'd say even earlier. Definitely. Yeah. You need to need lots of water. So, what's on your bucket list, Victoria? Do you know what? I don't know. I don't. I don't think I have anything that I'm like. like I did so much when I was in the UAE. Like I did the the bungee jump and the you know traveling. Um, so I think like right now I'm just so focused on settling in my career and in my life that I'm not really thinking about that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? I did. When I was in the UAE, top of my list was to to travel around New Zealand at some point. Um, so that probably is there, but now it doesn't seem like something that's as important or something that's as likely to happen. So maybe still that one day. Um, or do you know what? My mom has always wanted to go on a cruise. So if I could take my mom on a cruise or even just go with her on a cruise someday, that would be... Yeah. So on the note of your mom, can I just mention, like, God, I sound like such a creep on your Instagram, but like, because like, like, obviously you're a friend of mine, I follow you, but like yeah. your stories, like your family are legends. Yeah. Like, they're so chill. Like watching your mom visit you in December, I was just like, oh my God, she's class. And then yeah. watching you and your dad, like in the gym was like unreal. And then like, you can just tell as well, you have a really close bond with your brother. Yeah. Oh, I'm like class. going home this time. I was so sad leaving my brother. Like, is and it like, yeah, it's just the two of us. And it's just like, you know, we've always been close. We were close growing up. Like, obviously we had the typical, like we'd be wrestling each other over the remote control to watch the TV, but like, we've always been really close. Are you close? Um, and yeah, he's three years younger than me. And now, you know, he's really grown up and he has his own house and, like I was like oh I'd love to be at home and just calling over to your house for the weekend and yeah if I could move my family over here that would just be fantastic and I do try I'm you know my mom retired and I'm like this is where place where people come to retire that was her retirement holiday to come over to me so what are you most grateful for in life I mean lots of things (laughs) um obviously my family and my friends especially you know friends as an expat here they become your family um so I'm very grateful for the people that I've had here especially through COVID and and all of that um really grateful for like my privilege like you know my passport the fact that I have been even able to access these opportunities you know other people do not have that they can't go and work in whatever country they want they can't leave their own country, you know, like we won't even get into it, but yeah, I, I just recognize how privileged I was to, or am to be born into my family, into Ireland and all of the rest of it. Um, and my dog rogue, who is like on my Instagram more than any exercises or fitness content. So if you're, if you're going to my Instagram, you're probably going to get more dog content than, um, 
fitness tips. Um, but no, so I, I highly it. recommend. I'm, I'm a fan of Rogue. Absolutely. Yeah, everyone loves Rogue. I think, you know, when I arrived at the gym without Rogue, people are like, where's Rogue? Like, she's on the back of my phone there. Um, yeah, when she's chilling in the gym, I love that. Yeah, but I adopted her from a shelter here uh, almost a year ago. So it was July last year. And I, you know, I'd wanted a dog for a while, but their responsibility and I was, that's why I moved into a house so I could get a dog. But um, yeah, she, like having a dog, I had ones growing up, but I don't know when I was growing up, I didn't pay much attention to them and I didn't take them for walks. And, you know, you tell your parents, yeah, I'll feed them every day. And then your parents end up taking care of them. But Rogue is like literally, yeah, like she just brings happiness into my day every day you know she wakes me up in the morning she gives me cuddles you know if I come home from work and I'm feeling whatever way and she's up jumping at the door yeah dogs animals are great so if anyone's thinking about getting a pet do it just do everything (laughs) oh no it is and like it's the unconditional love I think that dogs give that's so precious you know it's yeah yeah I don't know how I'll ever have a child since I've gotten rogue and I'm like so obsessed with her. I'm like, oh, I'd be obnoxious if I had a child. Like so it would be this times with 10, I presume. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I love it. No, we're, we're fans of rogue anyway, for sure. So definitely, yeah. definitely follow Victoria, even just for rogue. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love the name. Is that from like the, the brand of the CrossFit um, year, isn't it? Yeah, it's from that. And then I was like, it kind of has a feeling of Ireland from it because we use that word a lot in Ireland. Like, oh, you know, he's a little rogue or she's a little rogue. And, you know, she is a rogue. Like she, she escapes from everywhere. Like everyone who's minded her, like people who took care of her while I was in Ireland, she always manages, even if they have dogs and the dogs stay in their garden, she manages to find the way out. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, so she, she's a little rogue. But yeah, rogue fitness as well. So She's a gym dog and she's a Irish Thai dog. <laughs> oh no, we love her. We do. We love her. Mm. So content consumed that influenced a positive change in your life. Um, I think for me, there's no, you know, the way people always have this like one book or like Atomic Habits. I've read Atomic Habits. It's great. Or that one thing they're like, yeah, that changed my life. And it was like an aha moment for me. I've definitely had those moments, but I, I feel like I never remember them, do you know? So like I went to see Brezzy, um, actually in Chiang Mai, he did a talk on mental health. And I remember going to see him and in that moment being like, oh my God, everything he is saying, like I relate to so much and like, I need to remember this. And I still have it written in my phone stuff he said. But then you get busy with life and you, don't remember those things you know those those things that you're like oh if I remember that that'll be easier next time um so I think for me like this is a podcast like for me daily listening to podcasts um just is something like having a constant reminder of helpful things and like I love listening to podcasts that are just about like human experience like just people talking about with guests kind of like this um that you can relate to and do you know, I listen to like Glennon Doyle and Jamila Jamil and Pat Tivoli sometimes. And I've recently just started listening to the Blind Boy podcast and like stuff he's saying is just blowing me away. And 
it's very comforting to listen to that kind of stuff um, and realize that other people are having all the same experiences that you're having, you know? Absolutely. And I think like, that's why it's so important that people are brave and courageous and vulnerable like yourself to share their stories and experiences because together we can support one another. And like you said, it's, I think it makes people feel less alone yeah no and I really touched on that earlier like I think when other people feel like it's not just me then Mm -hmm. there's a certain comfort in knowing that you know yeah and I think that's what I'm saying is that I anyway I think most people need it regularly so you know it's like exercise it's like drinking water being you know eating healthy food it has to be done regularly and I need the, the constant reminder so podcasts are really good for that because it's you know something you can listen to every day and, and have a new connection every day and like a moment when someone says something and you're like oh my god I've just seen that in a whole different light and that really has clicked with me like I love those moments I love it yeah I, I'm like I'm just like you I like I don't really not watch a lot of Netflix I absolutely devour podcasts yeah yeah and people will be talking about something that's you know you've spoken about a hundred times before but the way it's language you know language changes things so I mightn't have the words to explain even my anxiety or a relationship with someone and someone else will just word it so beautifully it's like poetry and the way that they word it really just resonates with you and I yeah I think that's really important I think you're going to find a lot of people connecting to you after this episode, Victoria. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. yeah, no, I think it's, you're, you're just so inspiring. You really are. And you're very relatable. Stop there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm Irish. You can't be giving me this many compliments. <laughs> Stop. Five euro and pennies. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Stop. Oh my God. Um, okay, so finally, your song. What is your favorite song? Okay, well, that's a really hard question because, you know, favorite songs change and it depends on the mood. But um, I have to say, if you asked anyone here, because it's a song that I play in the gym. I play a version of it that's remixed with Eminem. It's a song that like I play in the shower in the house. And it's a song that when it comes out or comes on when I'm on a night out, you know, all bets are off. And it has to be Zombie by the Cranberries. And anyone that knows me and that's been on a night out with me and that song has come on like last Saturday night <laughs> and I went up and took the microphone off the band <laughs> and started singing and it was all over Instagram. Um, but yeah, it started, that's the, I mean, everyone loves that song, but it started in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, they used to play it in Heroes all the time. Yes. And um, kind of became the song of like, you know, that we would just sing on nights out and then over here, like I said, I'm the only Irish person in the gym right now. So it's like they all know it's my song and it's on my playlist that I play when I'm coaching. And yeah, it's a great song. It's, it's and nice. I actually I came back from Ireland. I brought I bought um, a Tim Whistle in the airport because I was really feeling sad leaving Ireland this time. And I was like, you know, it's been so long and I'm going back to Thailand now. It's so far away. I need stuff. I need to keep my Irishness alive. You know, when I was at home, I was like hearing like the Gaeilge and like 
accents and you know that stuff I was like I need to have more Irish in my life in Chiang Mai so I saw Tim Whistle at the airport and I was like sure come on I, I remember a few tunes from primary school and I brought it back and um, I actually started trying to play zombie on the Tim Whistle yesterday and it was appalling it was awful it was a tune there Longer. no I can't it's upstairs and it's very bad the Tim Whistle is a great instrument but when the Tim Whistle is not played well um I'd say my poor neighbors don't know what they're hearing they're, they're all Thai um but yeah zombie is quite the high-pitched parts of the tune whistle I'm gonna have to work on them for a while maybe in a couple of weeks if if I if I nail it I'll tag you on Instagram when I post it <laughs> please do please do so you're gonna have followers now following for this for sure so there's yeah the- yeah absolutely but no, that song, there's something about that song, like, and ap- I totally agree with what you're saying. Like, okay, I, we all grew up knowing the song, but there's something about Abu Dhabi, like maybe it is just Abu Dhabi, maybe it's Dubai, I don't know, is it the region? But yeah. like, it was here where it really became a thing with yeah. the community. And exactly what you said, it's the um, the band International Playboys, is it? Yeah, yeah. All oh, the memories. And like whenever that would come on, the energy of the room, like it would just be like palpable. Like and we were like their groupies. Every time they were playing, we would go and we would just heckle them until they played zombie. Yeah. And then we'd be delighted. <laughs> it's a great tune. It's a great yeah. tune. Absolutely. Well, Victoria, I cannot thank you enough for agreeing to be a guest on my podcast for being such an inspiring guest for opening up so honestly and, you know, being so candid about your journey and being so fun, you know, and yeah, just thank you so much. You've just been a fantastic guest to have on. Thanks for asking me. uh, Yeah, this isn't my usual Thursday night, so. You're a natural. Like, I really mean that. Like, you really, I'm telling you, you'll be asked to be one in a few more for sure. Stop, stop. So tell no, honestly, thanks a million for asking me. I, 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 you know, for thinking of me and thinking I had anything interesting to say. Oh, no, of course. No, you were on the list for a while. So it was about time I had you on. So share with people where they can follow you online. Um, so I'm on the usual uh, Instagram, Facebook. Instagram is what I use the most. Um, it's at the Chronicles of a CrossFit Coach. Like I said, it's, it's mostly just CrossFit and a lot of Rogue. Um, and yeah, I want to start adding more in educational content to it. Um, so that's to come in the future. Absolutely. So what I'll do is I'll add that into the bio as well, just to make it easier for people to click on. Yeah, it's a long one. <laughs> oh, no, just just for even where people just click the button. Yeah. I love the, the name, the Chronicles. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, I actually got a friends of mine here. Their son's name is Crosby and they made a page for him called the Chronicles of Crosby. And I was like, Ooh, there's a ring to it. There, no, so you want to have something a little bit different, you know, not just Crosby coach or coach Baker, you know? Well, I like the alliteration. The yeah. The Crossfit coach. Yeah, it's very good. Very yeah. Good. So with that, I won't keep you any longer because I know you're, you're three hours ahead of me there. So it's getting late over in Chang'e. I know. But thank you again and for even, um, you know, committing to being on here. It's such a, a, a late night for you. But 
I wish you well. I'm so excited to see where this journey takes you and continues to flourish, you know, and best of luck. Thanks. You too. I'm excited to see. I know you're leaving and what's next for you. And yeah, I'm looking forward to following your travels and listening to some more interesting people on your podcast. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you so much. And we'll chat soon. All right, that's the end of today's episode. Please let me know what you think by giving me a five-star review, giving me a comment on Apple Podcasts, or if you want, take a screenshot of the podcast episode, share it to your Instagram stories, and tag me. Let me know. Remember, if your page is private, send me a quick DM with your feedback, and I'll share it to my profile page. Thank you again for spending your precious time listening to my podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm wishing you a fantastic day ahead, and thank you again.